0: You're listening to the Tilted Lawyer Podcast, a show that inspires the legally challenged to enter the courtroom armed with a plan. I'm Omar Serrato, owner of the Eagle Law Firm, experienced litigator, and the man you want to talk to before your big case. My co-host is Ileana Klon-Rosa, owner of Clone rosa Law, and a rising star in Southern California. And welcome, everybody, to the Tilted Lawyer Podcast. This is episode 15. I'm joined in studio with... Ileana Colon-Rosa, uh, and the Eagle Law Firm staff. And interesting uh, weekend in, of news, uh, the Daryl Brooks case ended and went to verdict, and the jury deliberated yeah. for exactly um, an hour and a half. Like that. Yeah, an hour and <laughs> a half. So there were 76 charges, mm-hmm. and I guarantee you that the, the, the longest... Uh, Aspect of what they had to do was dealing with the paperwork from 76 charges. Jeez, so yes. when yeah. when they read the jury instructions uh, It literally took the entire day and longer because dipshit Daryl Brooks kept on interrupting to ask about subject matter jurisdiction and he was building um, Box forts with the boxes of discovery that he had from his public defender and he was asking the the, the judge if um you know the sovereign citizen nonsense so that took the entire day there was closing arguments and the closing arguments both sides were given about an hour and the DA I thought presented a very concise powerful closing argument we're gonna talk about that a little bit um, and then Daryl Brooks got over there and essentially delivered a confession for his closing arguments <laughs>
1: what?
0: so the jury took the case I, I want to say they wrapped up, they went late over there in Wisconsin, around 6.30. Mm-hmm. The jury asked to be cons- excused around 8.30. And the judge was like, that's a good idea. And they all returned. And uh, they had a meeting before in the courtroom to address, there was a Reddit post that had came out that was purporting to be one of the jurors. Mm-hmm. And um, they had a discussion about, and of course, Gerald Brooks asked, you know, because of this, we cannot have this. There, this has to be a mistrial, and the judge is like, "Nah, I think we're good on that. I think we're going to proceed." So that happened in the morning around eight thirty. Around about an hour later, an hour thirty minutes later, uh, the jury announced that they had a verdict. So what that essentially means is they had seventy six counts. They probably decided within five minutes is this guy guilty yeah he's he's pretty guilty <laughs> i think happened, i think yeah. we're, we're done and all 76 counts yeah all 76 counts does anybody want to make an argument otherwise no i yeah. think no. we're good I'm on that he's
2: probably hang out for an
0: hour just to <laughs> yeah to about, yeah
2: about real hard <laughs> let me finish my coffee <laughs> and.
0: and so they had a stack of paper like maybe this big and it was uh, basically um uh, 76 forms for guilt 76 votes uh, for not guilt and they had to fill out every single uh, page. All 12 jurors had to sign their name to it and do the appropriate paperwork. That's what took the the two hours. But they probably, you know, within minutes uh, yeah. decided this guy was guilty. There really wasn't that much, that much uh, to decide on the case. Yeah. Um, we're going to go over and dissect that trial because it is one of the most fascinating trials I could remember mm-hmm. in recent memory uh, because it featured the sovereign citizen argument that was made popular on YouTube. That's been around for years and years and years. And then there has been this small sovereign citizen movement on YouTube and they have been trying to teach. They they literally teach classes. Like you could sign up uh, to one of these folks and we will teach you how to be a sovereign citizen and people will pay money. So you could, Know how to fight your traffic tickets or whatever, or, or get out of taxes.
3: This country amazes me. Every day. Yeah. <laughs> it really does.
0: A lot. And, and the reason why it's gained traction is because occasionally it works for lower level traffic tickets. The judges don't want to deal with this shit, man. Of course. Like in a criminal trial, is as, as far as I'm aware, it's never worked. I know specifically it's never worked in Wisconsin. I don't know if it's worked anywhere else, but this idea that I'm a sovereign citizen and your laws are bullshit. And uh, it's from a corrupt political system that I don't abide by, and I uh, therefore uh, decline to follow your rules. And I'm not Daryl Brooks. I'm a a representative of Daryl Brooks. Well, that argument has been debunked time in and time out in federal and local courts. And uh, it was on wide display here in Waukesha County. And we're going to talk all about it. So just the highlights. Um Brooks defense was this. So let me just paint the picture. So you have a guy who was caught on surveillance video, who was caught on dozens of um citizens cell phone video recordings.
3: Very graphic, by the yes. way. Very graphic.
0: Did you guys see those videos? Yes. Where he's actually running over the folks. Yes.
3: When the verdict came out a couple of days ago, the first thing that popped up in every news, like any every news publisher, was the video. Yeah. yeah. Of him running through the parade.
0: Yeah. I didn't see any of like the more graphic stuff uh, because uh, I don't. Well, I didn't go out looking for it, but a lot of the video I saw was highly edited and censored. And there was one that was on YouTube where you could act literally just minutes, seconds before he's about to run into this marching band. Yeah, Um, runs over that um, some guy with a trombone. I don't think that guy he survived.
3: Oh my god! I'm surprised they haven't pulled it down, actually. But
0: um, six people did not, and uh, that's what this trial is about. So you have this mountain of evidence, and your public defender, and your signed Daryl Brooks, and Daryl Brooks is carrying on about sovereign citizens, and he has his own ideas about how he should. Uh, be defended in the case and all of these things. What is your approach? How would you guys approach it? You guys are not attorneys, but I'm curious. You're now given the job. Let's pretend for a minute that you're <laughs> going to represent Daryl Brooks. Where do you start?
3: This sounds like an Elwood's question. So it is not <laughs> an Elwood's question. But okay. Um, first of all, it will be very, very hard to like build up a defense around this particular person with such graphic evidence, like surrounding it because it's not one, not two videos. It's like an entire state of videos in social media. And actually not only videos, but there were a lot, before you mentioned Reddit posts, there were a lot of Reddit posts actually about that accident. Yes. yes. Mm. You can't escape Reddit. Yeah. It's impossible. I think that's how I first saw it actually. On Reddit? Yes. Yes.
0: Okay. Okay. Well. Okay. So the defense is you cannot get around the fact that he's on video all over the place. The physical evidence exists. So then what's your approach? Well, I'll tell you my approach.
3: <laughs> I would have said like, hey, so we all know you're guilty. So let's try to get you
0: to My guess <laughs> is my guess is that the public defenders probably sat him down and they had a conversation that was something like this. Like, look, I don't know what you want us to do. There's all of this video. There's hours yeah. of footage with you um, running over these people. They got you in the car. They got you arrested. They got the car in the, their possession. Um, they had a rap video where the car in question was prior to that incident with license plate full in view, the actual vehicle that rammed through. Um, So we're not gonna get over that fact. The best we're gonna be able to do is to argue intent. Now, the district attorney in this case was very clever. The way that they charged, the reason why there were 76 counts and not just six counts of murder is because, I mean, he, he committed those many crimes, but the way that they crafted their criminal complaint was such that he was facing 867 years Even if they decided that he did not intend to kill those folks, if he was convicted of the other stuff, he was going to spend the rest of his life in jail. And that's why they charged him the way that they did. Now, his public defenders likely were going to try to play the intent angle. I'm sure there was a discussion probably because he said... Well, how do we even know that I did it on purpose? Like, wasn't there a recall on my vehicle? And that was again indeed one of his defenses. And I'm assuming they probably looked into that. They probably subpoenaed records, and there's probably not a whole lot into it. Furthermore, in the video, you could clearly see the guy was like had his brake lights on and off, like uh, in rapid succession, because they were working. And there was times where he was speeding up and slowing down yeah. or whatever. So that argument wasn't going to fly. Mr. Brooks, he focused on uh, this was his defense number one. I wasn't the driver, despite the fact that he was in all of the videos yeah. um, showing that it was obviously him. And you know what's worse is uh, he tried to wear a mask during the trial, but every single time oh, every yes. witness would oh. identify him in court, take off your mask. Yep, that's the guy I saw. He had dreadlocks at the time. He shaved his dreadlocks, but he has a very distinctive voice. He has a very distinctive face, face yeah. and everybody, uh, he would have... For all of his witnesses, when he was cross-examining even the state's witnesses, he would say uh, something to the effect like, how do you know it was me? And they'd say something like, because it was you. (laughs) You were the guy. (laughs) Like, well, how do you know? Do I look like I'm 5'9"? It's like, well, I don't know, but I know that you're the face that I was looking at way back when. There's no doubt about it. You might have been 5'7", 5'10", doesn't matter, but that's your face, and it was definitely you. Everybody got there and saw that. His second... um, Point in defense was arguing the intent of the driver, which is essentially saying, I didn't do it, but if I did, it wasn't my fault. I didn't intend to do this, which is the O.J. Simpson argument where um, I didn't really kill those people, but if I did, this is how I would do it. He uses that defense. Um, And then, of course, third was the the sovereign citizen nonsense, where he kept on bringing up subject matter jurisdiction. That's something we brought up in... um, we, we brought that up last week. Oh, by the way, corrections and retractions. Last week I said, and there was a comment in one of our videos, that um, he was arrested in a playhouse. That's incorrect. He was not, I was mistaken. He was arrested on somebody's front porch. So the story goes, I guess he was fleeing. Like he fled the scene. He yeah. left the vehicle yes. there and yeah, he, he left and was running ran. around the neighborhood. Yeah. He uh, found refuge in a playhouse, I guess, and he was running around. He was accosting people, saying, "Look, I'm not going to hurt you, but I need to use your phone." That kind of stuff. Mm. Um, and then there's actual video footage of him being arrested uh, on somebody's front porch. So whoever left that comment, I, you're right. I was wrong. I appreciate that. Um, I, I was unaware. Um, I was not paying that close attention at the time. But since then, I've seen. I've, I've kind of done a deep dive into that case. And uh, you are indeed correct. He was arrested on the front porch. Uh, But going back to what I was saying before, he brings up this sovereign citizen argument, which many law professors would tell you um, and many attorneys would tell you uh, that if you declare yourself a sovereign, you're welcome to do that. But you have to declare war on the country that's accusing you of the crimes. (laughs) And they're going to hold you in detention in jail because of crimes you committed against them. And unless you're prepared to bring your army to free you and release you from prison with all of your military might, you're going to jail. So the sovereign said, I've never understood it. And it doesn't make any sense, as I've pointed out multiple times. Like, on the one hand, you're relying on the fact that you ignore the laws of the United States and the state of Wisconsin or whatever state. At the same time asserting your protections on the Constitution of the United States, they're trying to have it both ways, and it never works. It never works. Why I've never that seen exist, it work.
3: Then?
0: because people okay, the reason why it exists is because way back in the day, there used to be g- these Jim Crow laws, mm-hmm. and people, the government, the states, were moving from these uh, very archaic Jim Crow laws yes. to desegregation. Where you know the Civil Rights Act of 1964, um, you can't just segregate like that. And there was a lot of white nationalist groups that created um, this fake body of law, whereby they were essentially just using um, archaic legal terms that sounded impressive to folks that they didn't know what they were talking about. But into legal communica- the legal communicate, the legal community was just it's just. It's just a jargon. It's nothing. It doesn't mean anything. But their intent in bringing up this whole theory was, we're the only ones that are, are um, good enough to make laws, and we reject your laws, and uh, we're going to be a sovereign uh, city and reject uh, your calls to desegregate and all of these things. Of
3: course, that's where it would stem yes, from. <laughs> that's where it stem from. That's where it would stem from.
0: <laughs> where it evolved to was... Folks would try to use such arguments to avoid their taxes, to get out of traffic tickets, and in some occasions to try to beat their criminal case. And I've never seen it work in that capacity. But in, a, in essence, I'm going to play a video about what uh, the sovereign citizen argument sounds like to a lawyer or a judge. It sounds like somebody trying to pretend speak Spanish to a Spanish person. <laughs> That's the sovereign citizen argument in a nutshell.
3: Like gibberish. It's
0: gibberish. It's yes. gibberish. It's just nonsense. <laughs> and he would have these statements um, where he would say, I don't know how to uh, increase this thing, um, but he would say, um, hold on. Let me refer to my notes. I just uh, collapsed my whole thing. Oh, there it goes. Um The sovereign citizen claimed that they are not actual citizens of the United States. They do not recognize the court or law enforcement agencies. And then he would say stuff like, um, well, we already talked about that one. Tactics used by sovereign citizens include speaking in a quasi-legal language. He He would always have like this one statement where he would say, I accept value for value in return. And I didn't know what the hell that meant. Like, what is he talking about? Why does he keep saying that? Like, who said that that meant anything? I looked it up. Um, I accept value for value in return. It's supposed to be this idea that I accept your document for a monetary value and I return the value. Which is nonsense. If I'm I'm telling it to you right now, it's nonsense. I'm handing you a document, (laughs) a filing from the court. Take this paper. I accept this value and value in return. And if I were to say that to you, he's like, what the fuck are you yeah. talking about? <laughs> no. <laughs> so, he, But he would use that phrase like uh, multiple times uh, during his defense. So there was that. But getting into his defense, let's start getting into some of the highlights of uh, that trial. I told you guys about how he tried to call the entire state mm-hmm. of a Wisconsin. Yeah, yes.
3: <laughs> and they rejected that.
0: Oh, they rejected it. But I'll, I'll, uh, I'll play it for you guys. Uh, Let me find the thing. Here we go. Share. Window. There we go. Um, But this is when he tried to call uh, the state of Wisconsin. This is the very beginning of the trial. Thank you, everyone. Please be seated. I'm going to try that again. There we go. Boom. Right, you may call your first Share. Case.
4: Actually,
0: object. Uh, like right. right. oh, <laughs> it is sustained. She's trying to, to pull off. She's trying <laughs> so hard. <laughs> she got a smirk <laughs> on her face. No, that's more nonsense.
2: I'm pretty sure he has like a list of things to just repeat.
0: Yeah, he's, got, he's, he's literally got notes in front of him. He's just reading off of something that he read. Presence, call your next witness, please. He's looking for his next mm-hmm. sovereign citizen argument. He calls Nicholas Kirby. So that was the he. He tries to call the state of Wisconsin, <laughs> and that didn't work out. He called um, Juan Marquez. He's trying his best now. My impressions, my impressions of uh, Mr. Brooks when he was doing the trial. You know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of law school mm-hmm. when I used to go to um, back to my old law school and judge some of these mock trial competitions, or the mock trial team. And they would try their best to like present an opening statement and a closing argument and uh, ask questions and do a direct exam and a cross-exam, and it was all very carefully scripted. He reminds me a lot of somebody like that, just a complete novice, doesn't understand what he's doing. Yeah, I think he tried to prepare,
2: and he probably just did a lot of Google research and noted down all work but he just doesn't understand what he's actually saying like just listening to him talk it doesn't make sense that he's he thinks that by just using the little jargon yeah. it's gonna be it's gonna work
0: like yeah he's gonna make him sound like he knows what he's talking about And
2: if this doesn't work then let me try this other one and then at the end it's like okay i guess i don't have any more bullets so <laughs> let's move on
0: yeah so he calls he calls um this guy named juan marquez And Juan Marquez, um, he testified that he was marching in the parade with his wife um, and some of uh, the Catholic communities of Waukesha County. And when he was hit, he was hit by the vehicle, and he was thrown about 20 feet. And Mr. Brooks calls him specifically. What could he possibly have to ask this guy, right? His whole point, which I guess, I mean, he had to come up with something, was when he spoke to the FBI, he said that the car was black, when it was actually a red car. And so he calls and he questions him on that, um, and he focuses on it, and then the guy says, well, I don't know what kind of, I mean, I told the cop's that it was black, but it was clearly you. I saw your face. It was you. You ran over me. <laughs> and then, you know, but that one witness identifies it, and that's he thought he was scoring points. He ends up calling this guy Nicholas Kirby. Now, Nicholas Kirby was my favorite witness um, of the entire trial he was present during the, the scuffle that he got into with his girlfriend. Um, mm-hmm. Brooks and his girlfriend got in a fight.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, I think I don't know if Kirby was a neighbor or whatnot. Um, he was an acquaintance of, of, of Erica Patterson, and he was the first witness called by him. And when you look at his mannerisms, you look at his face, it looked like he wanted to fight Mr. Brooks. <laughs> like oh he God. wanted to kick his ass. Like he wanted to go all in. And he did not blink. And he's trying his best to ask, ask these questions, and so um, one of them he, said, he calls the stand uh, questioned by Brooks during the case um, he testified about the fight that took place um, near Frame Park before the parade attack involving Mr. Brooks so he was there for the fight that occurred before he just took off in his car and started plowing through people um, Kirby was present for the fight he testified that uh, Brooks questioned him about whether there was a knife involved and there was Uh, He said that was a misunderstanding. I guess there was was a knife somehow in it. It wasn't really relevant. Um, The whole point is he got up in the stand and he testified that he witnessed the fight. There was a woman in distress. He clearly saw that she was in distress, and then he sees him get in the car and take off and start plowing over people. So that wasn't really helping him any. Well, folks, we just experienced a minor malfunction. We lost about 10 minutes of audio there. We were discussing some of the witness testimony from the Daryl Brooks case. You didn't miss a whole lot. We didn't feel the need to redo it. The audio itself is unrecoverable, but I think that the spirit of the show remains with what was left. And thank you all for listening again, and uh, enjoy the rest of the show. And we're back. And I'm so glad that I paused because we were going to lose... The rest of our show to a a, a malfunction, Uh, but we got that corrected. Uh, We were going over some of the testimony that was going on. Uh, We talked about some of the state's witnesses um, and all of the mountain of evidence. I think where the recording left off, we were talking about how he had just gotten a fight. Mm -hmm. So whatever we said after that is lost forever, but we don't have to redo it again. It's fine. We were having too many technical difficulties. Um, but moving down the state's witness list, uh, Sergeant uh, David uh, Warner, he, he gets there and he talks about how he saw him. Uh, Bryce Butrin, I think is his name. He testified that he heard a vehicle honking and he head, and headed towards him. He tried to um, direct him to somewhere else and he drove right past him. In other words, like, hey, you're going the wrong way. And le- turn left, right, just, just drove right past him. Um, into the oncoming uh, parade-goers. There was Officer Sonia Schneider. She said that she stepped directly into the path of the SUV, thinking that he's going to stop, trying to direct him to a different direction. Um, And she had to jump out of the way because that fucking guy was going to run her over. Oh, my God. Nicole White gets on the stand. I think that was the mom of the boy, was it not? No, she testified that she was struck from behind by the SUV which rolled over her legs. Um, White was the first parade victim. Oh, yeah, that was that lady that was all nervous when she was getting cross-examined. So Daryl Brooks tries to cross-examine this witness who just says that he ran her over, and she's, like, visibly shaking. I didn't pull any video from that, but she was uh, deeply disturbed, did not want to talk to that man. Um, And she was just, uh, I don't know, it was heartbreaking testimony. She gets on the stand... um, Did we talk about Kyle Jewell? Oh, Nicole White. Sarah Aparicio. She, (laughs) yes, I I am a confirmed gringo. (laughs) For sure. Um, Aparicio. You know what? I'm not going to do it. Aparicio.
3: Aparicio.
0: She said that she witnessed the SUV coming over, uh, driving over band members. um, And after it passed within two feet of her, uh, personally, she thought at first that it was an accident but then she saw the driver staring straight ahead as he continued past the band. Uh, Kyle Jewell describes the SUV going over what appeared to be speed bumps, only to realize later on that it was human bodies. She said, uh, Jewel said that he ran after the SUV for a good distance, attempting to stop uh, the car, but was unable to catch up. He was hitting speeds of like 30 miles an hour, so understandable. Thomas Green, I think, was the father of one of the children. Uh, Green testified that he watched the SUV run over members of the Waukesha South marching band before uh, veering towards him and striking two of his children. Green said the driver veered back into the parade route and kept going on. Could you imagine that? You guys got kids, and like, your, your children are getting run. Like You saw that, that video like the parade scene, and then you have your children with you, and there's this maniac, and he runs over one of your kids. Mm-hmm. I couldn't even imagine. Um, and this guy, when he was testifying, was just, like, very stoic, very, like, everybody's very, very stone-faced. I wonder what Mr. Brooks felt like in the moment when he's having to cross-examine all of these witnesses whom he victimized, and everybody hates him. Everybody in that courtroom hates him. He has yeah. to feel that. Yes.
3: Everybody in the entire county
0: I mean, the judge did a very good job of hiding her uh, frustration with him and yeah, trying to maintain an orderly courtroom.
3: yeah her patience is <laughs> her, yeah, her patience does. is crazy
0: even the district attorney I thought did a really good job of not giving in to yes. him trying to cause a mistrial mm-hmm. um, but yeah, uh, K- Kelly Grabeau, Uh she was walking uh, with um She's walking down the parade just behind the Waukesha Blazers baseball team. And she said that the SUV knocked her to the ground. She then saw her daughter in the street and her daughter's shoes like 20 feet down the road.
1: Oh, my God.
0: I don't remember if her daughter was hit, but her, she was separated from her shoes. She must have been. Yeah. She was not one of the casualties. Uh, Jeffrey Rogers said that when he saw the SUV... He grabbed his daughter and then he lost her. And then he found eight year old Jackson Sparks lying on the ground motionless. And Mr. Uh, the young boy Sparks later dies from his injuries. Uh, Two of Rogers' children were hurt in the incident. Uh, Alyssa Gajewski goes on to testify. Uh, She delivers this emotional testimony, breaking down in tears as she described a car that drove through the parade, hitting 15 girls in her group. She talked about how she found them after they were hit, and that the the condition that they were in in the hospital that was overflowing with uh, victims from injuries from Mr. Brooks driving this car. Please excuse the siren; I know that's going to get picked up on the microphones. (laughs) but we, we work where we work. <laughs> the studio is where it is.
3: Yeah. Um, we can't do much about it,
0: no. So 57 witnesses called by the state, and he calls um, however many witnesses he called. And it, it, it's all the same thing. Yeah, I saw this car, I saw it run over people, and I saw that the driver was you. And so Mr. Brooks' entire strategy... Um, oh, we didn't even get into the rap video uh, where the car... So literally, the car that he's in. Um, is in this video, and I'm going to play a portion of that testimony. So he is upset because the um, rap video Mm -hmm. showing his car that he drove in the parade Mm -hmm. is now going to be used as an exhibit for evidence. He really doesn't like it, and he's trying to use whatever objection he can in his novice legal mind to try to keep the evidence out. But the truth is that there is no objection where that video was going to be kept out that I could think of. Could you, Ileana? That video was coming in. (laughs) It was probative. And I think that there was some discussion about the audio should not be played because it might be more prejudicial. And they're really only introducing it because they want to show that Mm -hmm. the video was there in his presence prior to the to the incident. It was the same car, same license plate, whatever. But this was Mr. Brooks' argument. I'll try to get through it as quickly as I can. I will disregard the statements made by Mr.
4: Brooks. They're not evidence. And the statement... So this is, is it shouldn't be evidence Because Mr. Brooks, the objection's today. noted. It's overruled. Go ahead. This, He's really mad. Still <laughs> photo was shown before of Mr. Brooks standing in front of the forescape. This is the video in which that still photo was taken objection he right. you know <laughs> <laughs> the witness may answer i'll give you the opportunity to that's a
0: foundational objection by the way that's the correct obje- objection Objection. you get this video from sir
3: objection overruled the witness
0: may he doesn't know what a leading question <laughs> I'm sure he know
3: it. <laughs> he watched too many trials on tv yeah, yeah so 178 permission to publish objection
0: Kind of yeah, those were his main objections. Relevancy, and he would always say, it yeah. Objection, relevancy, and um, leading, leading, relevancy. relevancy. Uh, for the record, uh, it's 178, Your Honor. No, uh, could you please tell me the length of
1: the
4: video? The
1: length is 2 minutes 33 seconds.
0: Take that up. I'll skip ahead. Oh. This is like an eight minute clip. But here's the wrap video. Okay. There's the car, there's the SUV. There's a license plate fully in view. <laughs> I wonder why he didn't, I wonder why he didn't blow up on the rap scene so with production quality like video? that. Yeah, it's literally a rap music video. You guys could step around if you wanted to see the but here.
3: It's a uh oh my failed
1: rap musician. <laughs> <Of course. laughs>
3: so that was allowed to be used in the exhibits?
1: That was an
0: exhibit for the sole purpose that if you look carefully, and you'll see it again pop up here in a minute that red SUV is in this music video. I don't know how long before the parade incident but it was there and license plate was full in view. The DA used it in her closing arguments. There it is. It's right there. Wow. They didn't play the audio because they thought it would be too prejudicial whatever. It wasn't important the audio. Okay. But they want yeah. to see that the there's the car. Really yeah. 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 It's just
1: it's just and the lyrics, other you know. the, the
0: other aspect is that the jury was allowed to go and observe and view the car. So they saw it in person. In they person. did a walk around. They saw it here in the video. And, of course, they saw the, the rest of the video. What is that, an AK? That's clearly not an yeah. AK. Newsy. I think it's a Newsy. <laughs> I only know that because of Call of Duty you know. him. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Everyone's gun knowledge nowadays it comes from video games. <laughs> yeah.
0: Anyway, so that was uh, that was the rap video. He's clearly just pissed off. Mm-hmm. And there's the car again. Nine, seven, five. Objection leading. And objection leading again. Um, Do you
3: think it would it would have gotten as much media attention, this trial, if he wasn't representing himself?
0: Uh, no, I don't think it would have. No, right? I don't think it would have. I think people were captivated. Yeah. Because say what you want about Mr. Brooks. Um, he's a fairly charismatic guy. Yeah. Like, he's interesting to listen to. Like, he knows how to tell a story. Mm-hmm. I paid particular attention to his closing argument. It was very misguided for the, for the content. I'm going to speak more about that. But um, his delivery of the message, um, his mannerisms, his pauses. He's a natural Mm -hmm. public speaker. He could have been... um, I don't know. He could have been somebody very influential, very Mm -hmm. persuasive, Yeah. um, which makes me... You know, a guy like that that has that kind of anger issues, and he had children, he had a girlfriend, he has a history of domestic violence. He does, yes. Um, Imagine having to live with a guy like that. That's what
3: I was going to (gasps) say. Actually, he, he... I always say this. Since the start I've always thought he, he his own intention of representing himself was to put on a show. That's it. Yes. It's it was for the sole and main purpose of having his face and everything being remembered by the people of that county, that state, and now that the trial has gone so popular on social media now in the in the entire country, more so in any other a uh, country that also speaks English and watches these kind of things. Yeah. He's gonna get so popular. Yeah. So after oh, everything yeah. he does and everything, he's gonna start publishing books, mm-hmm. interviews, and yada
2: yada yada. I it's promise it's you escalating. that he's it's gonna like be. Um, he's
0: gonna be a jailhouse hero. Yes. Yes. He's mm-hmm. gonna be a jailhouse lawyer. Oh yes. And he's got plenty of time to do it. He's gonna—he's built up a cult following in there, and you know. But yeah, like I said, he's a charismatic, charismatic influential personality that uh, wasted he's his was life.
3: Entertainer at yes. that point, yeah. because yeah. of like all. The guy,
0: uh, if he wasn't as charismatic as he was,
3: Tiger. Oh yes, yes Tiger, Tiger King. Tiger, King. Tiger King. Oh, oh, King. Like the Tiger King. Well, right? King. Well, yeah. it started there, but that's something that maybe prisoners or criminals from previous ages did not have. Yeah. yeah. That like. Yes. The reach of media. Ted Bundy, Jeffrey Dahmer, and everybody else started getting famous now because of of Mm -hmm. series and movies and everything. But back then, they didn't have that exposure. They did not. But now these people know they do. Mm -hmm. So they need to put up a show
0: on it. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you what. There's been plenty of people that have represented themselves in court without as much fanfare and much worse cases than this. I mean, not worse, but in just as interesting cases, I would say. You know, And they don't get nearly as much fanfare. Because, you know, they're boring folks. They don't have that personality where they could captivate an audience. Uh, Ted Bundy was one of these guys early on in the 80s, I think. Was that 80s? when he, His his criminal 70s, case?
3: yeah, something. 70. Yeah, 70s.
0: Yes. But he was a charismatic guy. He was yeah. a good-looking guy. Good-looking and he was very intelligent. Guy. And um, He it was
3: actually a law student.
0: He was a law student, yes, he yeah. Was, yeah. yeah. But he was a miserable lawyer. Yes. He tried to represent himself, uh-huh. and that just didn't work out because he wasn't as good as he thought. He thought that he could... Circumvent the system with uh, the strength and gravity of his uh intelligence, and it just didn't work out. He
3: was so charismatic, he he escaped custody like three times. Oh, yeah,
0: (laughs) yeah. Same thing with the Dahmer, as I learned. Yeah, uh, I don't know how. How, um, I don't know if it was charisma as much as the guy just oh, this guy's not, whatever
1: that, too. He's clearly not a threat to anybody, you
0: know. Um, Who knows, man, but for, yeah, for the reason why this is so much fanfare, I just think that he's a charismatic personality. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought that this moment of the trial, so the district attorney, listen, his whole strategy in this trial was to create a mistrial or grounds for appeal. He tried to do everything in his power to disrupt the proceedings, and the judge knew that. And the DA knew that. And they even spoke about it in their press conference after the trial, that, look, this was a different kind of a trial. We had to make sure that the, the record was pristine mm-hmm. to make sure that he had absolutely no possibility of prevailing on, on appeal. And so that's why you saw the judge bending over backwards rather than holding in, in contempt and giving him every opportunity because she wanted it to be no chance that he was going to file an appeal and be successful on it. And she did a fantastic job. Whoever is taking this case on appeal, I don't know what the grounds for appeal would be. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even know where they would start. Um, but because they understood that very early on, um, that's why the case took as long as it did. And that's why you saw them behave the way that they, that they were. But one of the things that they were trying to do was, evidence-wise, one of the reasons why it's a really bad idea to represent yourself as an attorney is because you don't understand the rules of evidence. There's a lot of things that I avoid going into during trial because I don't want to open the door into other things that are going to be prejudicial or distract from stuff. And one of the issues was he had a history of domestic violence and he was a registered sex offender. And they didn't bring up any of those things because they wanted to focus on the charges. But this idiot gets his girlfriend (laughs) on the stand, and he wants to go into all of this stuff, and this is what happened, and he just lost his shit. The jury was not in the room, Mm -hmm. but this is some of the theatrics that happens.
1: What what is he doing?
3: Sounds like a child in school. Like a s- yeah. Child. <laughs> He's even making faces.
0: By the way, I read somewhere that that judge is pregnant right now, so she's dealing with all that stress. Oh,
3: my God.
0: This idiot in the courtroom, and she's sitting there however many months pregnant.
3: And the state had the audacity to put her in front of that idiot? i don't know how she didn't lose it that poor lady's <laughs> gonna have an attitude i, what I
4: say.
3: <laughs> <laughs> his faces are you sure he's an adult i don't know
0: he's 40 years old 40 born in 82. <laughs> This is hilarious. My favorite part of the trial.
4: That's a
1: lie.
2: That's a lie. though. <laughs>
4: Yes. We would be forced to counter that claim. First of all, it doesn't make her an incredible witness. It's even true. And second of all, if we go down that road, we would be forced to counter that claim by pointing out that not only does the defendant not live with the child in question, he doesn't live with
1: any of the other children that he has. The impregnated Eric matters when she was a minor,
4: (sighs) and for doing so, he was depicted of stabbing. So if
1: there's any causation Patterson Mr. Brooks has a direct
3: role in that causation. Yeah, basically. History of scumbaggery.
4: a not be so the so much.
3: Can you eat chunk though. right now?
0: Yeah. He's losing it. Yep, yep. That is a cornered animal. Mm-hmm. Yes. That survival instinct's kicking in.
2: Oh, jeez, facts. get the facts tree.
0: Like <laughs> Oh, it was like a month like this, man. It's, it's oh a, this is, he's starting to unravel at this a point.
3: So animal. because he brought up his ex-girlfriend, they opened, or he opened that door to...
0: Well, because he wanted to question her mm-hmm. about... Um, he He wanted to question her about aspects... He basically wanted to... Impugn her integrity as a mother for oh. whatever reason. Not only is that not relevant, it's but not it relevant opens the yet. door to other stuff, which is what the DA was saying. If he wants to go there, then I guess we're going to get into all this other stuff too. Yeah. And then he loses his shit because it's like, damn, I can't even go down that avenue because I'm going to bring up all of the stuff.
3: <laughs> don't you remember what happened? <sighs> I don't remember what Amber was saying in the stand, but she mentioned Kate Moss. Remember her? Yes. Yeah. And then oh, that yeah, opened, the opened the door. door Kate to testify. Another example. Like, yes. yes. <laughs> oh yes, I do remember that. Yes. And then it's same thing here. So same thing. Yeah. And he opened the door for that.
2: I think because uh, I watched that whole video, and I think there's a point where the judge is pretty much explaining to him what opening the door means. Yeah. He just doesn't understand. Really. He has a, like a different idea of what opening the door is, and she's just there like schooling him. Which at a lot at a lot of points in the process of the of this case the judge just ignores him like that's not my position to tell you like what the law is or how, what this can't give you is. legal advice yeah. but then yes. at some point she's just like okay let me just explain <laughs> <laughs> yeah she's trying to make SHL she's keeping her record very books. clean and it,
0: that's yeah i mean it's opening the door i mean that you know sometimes our clients open the door unwittingly on the stand yes but this guy was you know voluntarily opened the door with his questions <laughs> yes. of the witness and um, I thought that the state was being very gracious in offering that yes. explanation because yes. they didn't have yes. to do that. They could have just like hit him, but they didn't need all of that. They had all this other stuff that we went through. And so, okay. At some point they're going through, I think it was, I forgot what part of the trial it was. Um, if they had rested, Oh no. I think it was because he was not calling his witnesses or refused to uh, select the witness that he wanted to call, and he was um, arguing with the judge. She kicks him to the other courtroom, and then he protested by building himself a little fort <laughs> with the and hiding from the camera. Let's take a look at that. Here's his little boxes. Yeah, and that's after the the judge just made him close his case because he was not being forthcoming. Who is your next witness? You're going to call, and he was pissed off because he didn't want to disclose the order. He wasn't prepared to ask the questions, and so she closed his case for him. That's the Bible he's got right there. He used that as a prop the entire trial. And now he's pissed off. They've muted him. He's frustrated. So here he goes, building a fort. There he goes.: I love it when the court. Meets. <laughs> yeah, the
2: <parties.
0: laughs> There's parts of the trial where, uh, and there he goes. he's building it, where he was muted, and he's like doing Pilates in the courtroom trying to get his objection. Objection, objection. Oh
3: My God.
0: He wrote it on a piece of paper and was holding it up to the camera.
3: This looks like when I used to fight with my mom and I said I'll just go leave the house and now we'll fill I will build a fort with the bed sheets. Yeah. That's <laughs> what he's doing. Yeah. That's
0: what he's doing. It's just yep. this
3: child childish behavior yeah. all in all. Yep,
2: there you go. I had not seen this part. Just trying to
3: shrink himself
2: almost.
0: Yep, yep. He's taking himself he's off of camera. He's trying
3: to dis- disappear. disappear. <laughs>
0: He's getting it just right. At some point, they made him uh, take it down. Mr. Brooks is requesting to go back to the cell at this point. I'm going to deny that request. He can remain in the other place. Who's <laughs> <laughs> taking his little head off? Like <laughs> <peaking>. He's like peeking. He's <laughs> like taking a little look. At least this is serious. This is a legit courtroom, man. This is a legit trial.
3: There aren't any rules to not not act ridiculous. In oh, the there is. Time?
0: There is, and they referenced it um, over and over in this trial. Mm, okay. But the point was, they wanted to give him every opportunity and just keep a clean record, so he can't prevail on appeal for any reason. Mm-hmm. And if you think about it, what are they going to really do? They could hold him in contempt. He's already in jail. That's true. He's already in jail. So the functional equivalent of that. Is I kick you out of the courtroom and I'm going to mute you. Mm-hmm. And we're going to continue. You're going to see us on the video and you're going to try to raise your objections. And there were some points where he was muted and he was screaming at the top of his lungs and they could hear him across the walls. <gasps> oh um, my and they God. Made him re- I just wanted to be known for the record, Daryl Brooks is screaming at the top <laughs> of his lungs in the other courtroom. <laughs> I've had to kick him out because he's being an asshole. I know he's muted, but I can
1: certainly hear him from this. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs>
0: Oh, that's so perfect. I
3: just want to hug her. She yes, does. absolutely.
0: She needs a vacation. She does. Eventually, they uh, made him take down the fort, and he got pissed off and across another scene. I don't think I pulled that video either. Her but kid
3: is not going to be able to pull any kind of shit. Yeah.
0: Oh, she's got the patience of a saint, I'll she tell really you that. She um, So... It de-escalates. Well, de-escalates. It escalates from there. Um, Daryl Brooks is beginning to feel more and more cornered, and he knows that he's not going to win. He knows at this point he's lost. He can't get anything to go his way, and so uh, there was more fireworks and disrespect of the judge. And um, I think this is one where he does a stare down. No, that's not. That's coming later. But I'm not sure what uh, the analogy for Check this one out. that's how I would take it, that's
1: a subpoena. Um, no, that's, that's not a subpoena. The subpoena is when you actually get the subpoena paperwork. So I, made uh, I don't know. Do would like to ask a
4: question? Mm-hmm. Uh, I no, because you're trying to define something which would be testifying, which you cannot do at this time, so the jury will disregard his last comment. Is that a priest? A yeah. That. yeah, that's a priest. Oh, okay.
0: It was legitimately, like this the entire time. I would have been so pissed off if I was the DA having <laughs> to sit there through all of that. I would have been so annoyed. Would like to get through one more witness but I want
4: to take a short break.
0: Uh, a comfort
1: break. All rise for
4: the jury.
0: Thank you. He's about to go off right here. I think he's going to bring up his uh, subject matter jurisdiction. So he's doing this in front of the jury.
4: Mr. Brooks, stop. I putting you on notice that you are on the verge of this court creating a curative instruction about your frivolous arguments. Well wow. will not have you claim legitimacy for what are debunked, frivolous, sovereign arguments. That is why Proofy. your questions Proofy. are being uh, objected Proofy to Proofy. and Proofy. why Proofy. all the cases that we've already referenced are...
0: We are to read that. Thank you, everybody. I don't agree to estoppel, can you? Yeah, this is just the beginning of him beginning to completely unravel. It continues on from there. Um, where, oh, just more sparring with the judge. So from there... We get to this point where we're nearing the end of it. I think this is when they told him to take down his forder. I forget where this was in the trial. Oh, yeah, she starts uh, Throwing insults at the judge. Not a good tactic. <laughs> And look, he's trying to stare her down like, right there.
1: Yeah. And
0: he did that like the whole trial whenever he was pissed off. Of course, he has a long history of domestic violence. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like he's trying to intimidate her. Oh, I think this is when he would try to be, be about, about his mom. Mm-hmm. And then she wasn't there. <laughs> she was not there. His mom said, No thank you, sir. Good luck with that. Yeah.
4: to be to do so get up of courtroom that yeah. call yourself yeah, I need to make a record too.
0: God, there were sometimes like during this trial where I wish the bailiff would just Kick his ass? (laughs) 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 <laughs> 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 like we're friends. <laughs> Mute. Yeah. Is he's behaving like that in
2: a courtroom.
3: You imagine I outside think, of yes. the courtroom. Imagine in his house. Yeah.
2: His ex had to go through like, yeah.
0: yeah. I couldn't even imagine. Imagine being a kid growing up and that's your dad. Yeah. and He's like carrying on like that. I
3: mean, he has that history, right? Of domestic yeah. violence yeah. and abuse he has. and.
0: This last video I'm going to show is uh, kind of the culmination of that. And like at the end, he just gives this death stare. And here's my point to all of this is that his main defense is intent. You know, I was not intending to do any of this. And a lot of this stuff happened outside of the jury, but a lot of it happened within the presence of the jury. And he's demonstrating firsthand about how rage-filled he is and how he loses control When he gets angry, such as would be the conduct of a gentleman who decides to get pissed off at his girlfriend, take off in a red SUV and start plowing into folks. That's exactly the kind of person they could imagine doing something like that. Had he just kept his mouth shut and been represented by an attorney, they could have shielded the jury from any of that. And they would have have had to rely on what was in the video. But he just basically handed it to him on a silver platter. What happens when Mr. Brooks gets angry? Well, he starts yelling insults at the judge. He starts um, impugning the integrity of the court. He starts saying whatever he wants as if he's, you know, at at his house or whatever. He demonstrated firsthand what happens when he gets angry. And could they imagine somebody like that jumping in a car and plowing into folks? Yeah, Mm -hmm. they they really could. And so he really did everything. There was one point. Um, where he accused the district attorneys of coaching the witnesses because every time he would question a, a witness, they declined to cross examine because the, 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 his direct exam went so bad, it's like, what's left to say?
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, we don't need to say anything, we're good, Your Honor. <laughs> Um, and then he started saying, Well, obviously it's a conspiracy, and all of a sudden they're trying to play games, and they obviously coached him because now they don't want to do cross examination. And the answer to that was because
1: there's nothing to add there's not yeah.
0: much more to add to that. Yeah. <laughs> Your questions had them identify you as the murderer, in so many words. And so Oh I they think was um constant, like
2: almost every witness made sure like they emphasize on you. It yes, was you like yeah. like just just in case <laughs> it wasn't clear, <their> you.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, because he didn't say, well, I don't I don't consent to being called by the name Daryl Brooks, and so, okay, well, it's either Daryl Brooks, but more importantly, it was you. Mm-hmm. You, physically. Mm-hmm. That person, whoever you is, the representative of Daryl Brooks or Daryl Brooks himself, it was you. So there was no mistaking for the, ju- the jury, and they were not getting uh, hung up on his sovereign citizen arguments. They knew it was nonsense. <laughs> And the court, you know, they they were probably just as frustrated with him as the judge and the DA was because every time they'd be called in, they'd have to get kicked back out because he was throwing a temper tantrum. And so they must have been as frustrated as everybody else. But it's hard to say because a lot of this they were shielded from. I'm sure they're not going to see a lot of this stuff until they get home and watch it on yeah, YouTube. Yeah. But going to the closing arguments, I thought that the DA, Sue Hopper, um... Was very throughout the entire trial, you could tell number one, you could tell that she is a bulldog district attorney. You don't want to mess with her in the court. Like she knows what she's doing, she's not going to be intimidated. She was not intimidated by Mr. Brooks. She was not impressed with you know his attempts to intimidate. Um and I don't know if we saw it on this last video. Obviously,
4: she can appear here
0: voluntarily. Oh, we did talk about that one, but there's one where he's doing this death stare. Yes. No, oh, I must have missed that one, but there was yeah, there was some point where you could see him doing this death stare, and we talked about that how he's literally trying to intimidate. That's what he does in his life. Yeah. The people in his life, that is his go-to. He gives them the stare and to intimidate and get them to shrivel and shrink and use uh, whatever to uh, control. But you can't do that in a courtroom. He was shackled. He had a, a electric shock bracelet on his ankles if he got out of line. And um, that was the reason why you saw him acting the way that he was. So the closing arguments, Sue Hopper, she focuses on the victims. I know we're going to wrap this up. We're going. We we're probably well over. Um, but uh, she focuses on the victims. She focuses on the families. She didn't have to say a whole lot. I think she went 47 minutes in her closing arguments. But having gone through 57 witnesses, that's that's fairly mm-hmm. quick and concise in a trial like that. Wow. Um. And both sides were given an hour, and there was a lot of charades going on between Daryl Brooks and what he was going to say. At one point, he tried to uh, say that he was going to tell the jury that they could nullify the verdicts. And you're not allowed to do that. You're not legally allowed to tell the jury that they could just ignore the evidence and just do whatever they want. Yeah, they have the power to do that, but to argue for jury nullification is a huge no-no, Um in that courtroom. And that's what he was telling the judge he was going to do. And the way that they handled it was um, let him just start his closing arguments. When he brings that up, I'll object to it. You'll strike the record and then we'll continue. And that's exactly what happened. So he gets up there and he tr- starts telling the jury that you have the power to do whatever you want. Um, and he talks about jury nullification and then say objection, move to strike, sustained. Uh, the last part is stricken. Mr. Brooks, move on. And then they did. I don't remember how long he spoke for. It was about 30 minutes or so. But his entire closing arguments wasn't geared towards I was not the guy in the car. It wasn't geared towards I didn't kill these people. It was more along the lines of it was a very tragic day. My life changed forever that day. And um, I don't know why God made me go through this. And he's trying to make himself the victim. And there's like 60 other folks in all of their families who are victimized. And rather than focusing on the tragedy that befell the victims, it's like uh, I have a newborn son. I'm never going to be able to hold him. I have children that I'm never going to be able to talk to. And they keep saying bad things about me uh, to my kids and to my family. And you guys have the power to let me go. What that all amounted to was a confession that I did what happened. Yeah, I did all of those things, but I didn't. I didn't intend to kill those folks. It was, I guess, like the closest you could say that he came to an actual defense being asserted in his closing arguments. Yeah, but what it he was, it was essentially saying was, I throw myself on the mercy of the court and the hands the merciful hands of you good folks who can do the right thing and allow me to be able to reunite with my family again and move on. And he went on to talk about how he sits in his jail cell and he's, especially when they go lights out and he's sitting there in his bunk and, you know, all by himself. And he thinks about the events of what happened that day and how we can't believe it all came to this. And then all Sue, um, um, what's her name? Hopper says... On rebuttal, like your honor, I ain't got a whole lot to say other than to point out that all of that was about him. <laughs> he didn't have anything to say about the actual victims yeah. in this case. And he reminds the jury about what this is about. Yep. And then the case is uh, handed to the jury. They deliberated for, I think, an hour, hour and a half. And then they asked to go home. I suspect that within the first five minutes, they all decided that he was guilty on all counts. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't even know if they had asked for exhibits or to review any additional evidence. There may, they may or may not have, but they come back the following morning, likely to just finalize the paperwork and they read the verdict and there's one last, um, oh, there was a whole mistrial attempt because of a Reddit post. We don't need to get in all that. No. um, But one of the highlights of this entire case was as they are reading the verdicts and they all 76 counts guilty on every single one. And they went through one by one. And at the very end, uh, somebody told him uh, to burn in hell, you piece of shit. And I'm going to play that video because he's being hailed as a uh, hero, basically saying what a lot of people wanted to say during this trial. He's trying one last attempt at the sovereign mm-hmm. citizen stuff.
3: One more time.
0: Yeah, one more, one time. more time. Ah, time. What Why the not? hell? Why Hail not? Mary. He doesn't
3: give up. Yeah. Everyone in the courtroom to demonstrate appropriate
4: decorum and courtesy as the verdicts are read and refrain from audible responses. Any disruptions may result in removal from the courtroom.
0: I'll let you guys hear the when she reads the the verdict on the first count, and then skip ahead to the. Piece of shit part. He's asking her if it's a tacit agreement. Again, somebody gave him these sentences. Here, say this. It'll yeah. totally work. I respectfully
4: object to that ruling. Your Honor, request the legal consideration of your
0: ruling. I've considered it. Denied. Mm-hmm. It's denied for the record. Will not be addressing that
4: for the record.
1: Now, respect that ruling. Take exception to that ruling, Your Honor.
0: You may. Still denied. She's not, she's done. She's so done with this yeah. guy. I could tell she's that
2: trying to go, go home. home. Yeah. At the she's, end,
0: she was like, I'm going to stay at home.
3: And that's it. Yeah. Actually, I'm going to repeat myself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For the record, may I request?
0: My God. Which right? she's already repeated hundreds yes. of times in this case already. I wonder if he's still making objections right now in his jail cell.
3: <laughs> it honestly sounds like the video is just being replayed.
1: <laughs> <laughs> all
3: <Juries> <laughs> he's an example of strong faith, and she's an example of a lot of patience.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the subject matter jurisdiction argument again. Yeah. All the ones we already said. It is. She just stays silent. I love <laughs> it.
3: I would, too, after all that.
4: <laughs>
0: Take it up on appeal, buddy. This guy in the background, I've been watching him the whole trial. He has that same face throughout the whole time. (laughs) He's the bailiff. I assume he's a bailiff. I I kept watching him to see if he was going to stand up and, like, uh, put him in a chokehold or something, but he never did. He just kind of looks a little bit like, okay. It's like, he's probably, the judge already told him, hey, just let it go.
1: Yeah.
0: If he gets out of his chair, then tase him. (laughs) So she's going through all 76 forms. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Still going. I'm skipping ahead.
2: That's four worded in that video. was too much. Too much paper.
3: i Daryl E. Brooks, guilty of first-degree
0: intentional homicide as charged in count one of the information. And he's sitting there with this just, uh, of reserved office. look on his face.
4: Signed by the four-person, juror number 11. You find the defendant guilty. Yes or no? Did the defendant commit first-degree intentional homicide while using a dangerous weapon? Answer: Yes. May the jury find the defendant Daryl E. Brooks guilty of first-degree intentional homicide as charged in Count Two of the information? Did the defendant commit first-degree intentional homicide while using a dangerous weapon? Answer: Yes.
3: Hey. You're to be removed right wow. Now.
4: Not
0: that. It's probably one of the family members.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: But that was it. That's the Daryl Brooks case in a nutshell. And uh, I think that that gentleman, whoever that was in the in the gallery there, spoke for a lot of people.
3: Yeah. He was holding that in. He was <laughs> yeah. holding that. in He just for wanted to make sure we got time. enough guilties. Yeah. He was yeah. waiting. He was waiting for, for the, the right the, there moment.
0: You go. So just to uh, to wrap this show up. Uh, this special edition of the Tilted Lawyer podcast to discuss Daryl Brooks. Um, they're going to be sentencing him on Monday. Mm-hmm. It's a mandatory minimum of life in prison. Yeah. Is it the
2: sentencing or the reading of the uh, victim's statement I think, on Monday?
0: I think they're going to do Both? both? Okay. I think so. I might be wrong. I don't know how it works in Wisconsin.
3: To which he clearly is going to object.
0: Oh, he's yes. going to have <laughs> objections. Yeah, he's... Uh, I hope they tase his ass as so he tries to interrupt the <laughs> yeah, victim statements. That the, you don't have to be afraid of the record anymore. Just <laughs> kick his ass. So yeah, I don't. I I want. I think that they're going to sentence him on Monday. And there's there's not much mystery behind. It. He's going to get life. Yeah. There, there's no yeah. death penalty, but he's getting life in prison. Yeah. And uh, there's going to be victim impact statements. That's going to take however long it takes. Yeah. Who knows. Is there a bail? Uh, no, bail's been no revoked. Bail. Okay. There's there's no bail. There's nothing. He's in jail. There's nothing. Uh, there's. Yeah, he's been convicted. He's a convicted murderer at this point. Yeah. Convicted of 76 counts, as a matter of fact. Mm-hmm. And so he's, gonna, he's never getting out for the rest of his life, and, unless he p- pulls some kind of Houdini disappearing escape <laughs> act. Um, he's going to die in there. And he's just going to have to be content with uh, getting you know, his, uh, his groupies in prison. Yep. And he's going to be the jailhouse lawyer. Wow. And he's going to probably find himself a boyfriend or two. And uh, what else can what
3: you el- do, right? In jail. We'll, we'll, hey,
0: <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm sure he's probably gonna have a following of female mm. people uh, writing him letters oh
3: my like you're um, innocent, you didn't, you didn't mean to do that, yeah,
0: you know, the wayward, the, the wayward uh people that uh, do those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. But with that, uh, thank you for joining us, and for next week, uh, we are going to be discussing. Well, I'm not sure what we're going to be discussing. We were supposed to be discussing the OJ trial to, today, but I think we're pushing that back to next week. And as always, if any of you wanted us to address a topic, then let us know and we will um, honor your wishes. As we did with this one, yeah. we were going to talk about something this week mm-hmm. and then people wanted to hear about Daryl Brooks. Yep. And so that's what we adjusted to. So uh, thank you again for listening. Once again, every Thursday, we're recording the show. On Fridays, our show debuts. Um, on the YouTube channel, and on whatever podcast you want to listen to. And thank you again for listening, and we will see you all next week. Thank you all for listening to the entire podcast. We really do appreciate that. And as always, you can find us on YouTube on the Tilted Lawyer Podcast YouTube channel or on your podcast carrier of choice. If you feel we've presented anything of value, please leave a five-star rating, like, and subscribe. We always appreciate that kind of thing. And we do look forward to seeing you all again live every Thursday at 3 in the afternoon. We love you all. Take care.